0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joy ride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. We return to Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex Office Equipment Solutions North America wide.
1: Yeah, Digitex does that. D i g i t
0: e x dot c a on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. Twelve thirty three in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott, with you in winners now. We will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos. Chris Steakhouse. Special shout out tonight. I know that Brendan Connolly for years has involved, been involved with the mustard seed uh, with uh, former Oilers coaches that have recently passed both John Muckler and Ted Green in tonight's Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation fifty fifty, uh, brought to you by REMAX is uh, in part to honor uh, John Muckler so just uh, fire that your way out of the gate. I'm going to give a real hard-hitting question to Mark Spector we're gonna have a, I, I, My guess is we're going to have a fairly entertaining conversation on the next point, though we probably both will be in agreement. Mark Spector's appearances every Tuesday on Oilers Now for Horse Racing Alberta. Our province. Horse racing and breeding industry has introduced new safety protocols with thorough vet checks, stricter rules, and tougher penalties. Employing Albertans caring for our horses, horse racing Alberta. Game night Edmonton and Ottawa. Mark Spector joins us. Hey, Spector, how are you?
1: Oh, doing pretty good, buddy. What
0: do you think? What do I think? I'm going to throw you a curveball right out of the gate. Okay, I Garrett has texted us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. I'm not going to give you any time to think about it, because I think I already know what your reaction is going to be. I know what mine is. Bob, why the heck would the Oilers not have picked up Anthony D'Angelo on waivers? The team needs defensive help, and uh, to pass up on a guy that was a top-ten scorer last year for free makes absolutely no sense. That comes to us from Garrett. Mr. Spector, how would you respond to
1: that? Well, first of all, what's he make? $4.8 Four million. Yeah, so they can't afford him. So it stops at the minute right. I see his salary. Right there. It stops right there. Right stops there. Right there. That's number he's one reason. A, he's way too much drama, right? The guy is way too much drama on your team. The Rangers are basically kicked him off their team. Because he's too much drama and he's not worth it. And the end of it is he's not playing very well. So you get all this drama, you get a not a very good player, and you get a guy that's eating up four point eight million of cap space. If Ken Holland picked that player up, I'd be sitting here carving Kenny as we speak.
0: Yeah, it, to me, the numbers don't make sense and the numbers have to not, you know, the numbers have to make sense. It's interesting with D'Angelo. There has been controversy, uh, with him dating back to his days in the Ontario Hockey League where he at one time was suspended for eight games. There is no question that he can move the puck spec. Did we lose you? Did you go away? There you are. There's no question he can move the puck and he punches above his weight class. He is a guy that is prepared to fight much bigger guys and there's there's a lot of players today that won't do that at all.
1: Um yeah. but, but there's and, you a know nut- what? and Robbie Shremp and Josh Hosang had a ton of skill and they more are- skill than half the guys in the NHL and they weren't worth it, right? They they didn't balance out all their negatives as players weren't balanced out by their 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 ton of skill that they had so this guy's got some things but he burdens himself with all the other negatives and in the end you you weigh it out and it doesn't weigh out for this guy
0: well what's interesting to me uh i mean you bring up i i don't even think that you can compare d'angelo to robbie shrimp or to josh hosing Anthony D'Angelo had 53 points last year in 68 games. Robbie Shrimp and Josh Hosang would be lucky to have a 53 point season in the NHL and they don't play defense. Right. But part of, part of that, let's just cut to the chase here, Mark, with this player. He's toxic for today's society because in one respect, if, um, There there is a push and we saw a huge push obviously in in part because of what occurred with the pandemic and then obviously uh the issues around uh, you know some of the the, that were being brought up by black lives matters and some of the things that were happening that were we're, we all know that were disgusting and so there was a push to get athletes out there and using their power and using their voice but here's the problem with d'angelo is it fair to say that for Certainly for the left, he had the wrong voice, and that makes him a toxic guy. And does that say something, Mark, about what you can and can't say in society?
1: Well, you know what? It's not a, like, I get how people say, why can't he have his own political views? Like, why should that matter? And I don't, you know, I agree. Like, I I don't agree with A lot of his political views but I agree that he should be allowed to hold his own political views because we all live in a democracy I can't you know we don't all agree on everything and that's the way it works but you can't those things can't come inside your dressing room they can't you know, once they start to to have a bearing on your team and create drama around your team and get people's eye off the ball inside that New York Rangers dressing room, then it's too far. I don't care what your beliefs are. They can't yeah. come in the room and stir up a bunch and, of stuff. Yeah. Oh. And here here's the issue.
0: So he was warned. And something happened between him and Alexander Georgiev, okay? Because we're led to believe there was an altercation. Here's the challenge with that sort of stuff, especially today, Spec. We would never see it. We have no idea what. And 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 this is this goes back to the sort of. Uh, you know, some of the the, the the great rumored things that may or may not have occurred and that we had to deal with, you know, it's, 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 it's Bob, did you hear this? And I'm like, where do you hear this? Like, so at least the Rangers said, hey, we had a, and I think you know where we're go- where I'm going, Mark. Like at least the Rangers flat out and said, like Dave Quinn, the head coach said, we spoke to Anthony. We said there can't be any more things happening, or you're done. So now he's done. I will tell you right now, somebody in the league is going to take a chance on this guy because he's a good enough player. Okay, there might even be a trade from where the Rangers eat half. Bert, they might eat half just to get a little bit more calf space. And somebody gets a guy at 2.4 million instead of 4.8 million. He's going to have to go in and kind of re, re image himself. And, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? But I see somebody at some point making a trade for him. Maybe, maybe it's a guy that they don't want on their team anymore. They're trading back the other way. And mm-hmm. he's basically got, he, he would basically, once he gets moved to this team, and I do think we could see a trade in the next 48 hours for him. Uh, likely not to Canada, just because of how this whole thing's working, Mark, work with the quarantine. So likely an American team, maybe a quieter American market with not quite the same media intensity. Okay, and he's going to have the rest of the season to pull it together. And if he's no, and if he doesn't happen, they'll just buy him out because he's a one-third buyout because he's under the age yeah. of twenty-six. It's a really
1: interesting story to watch. Yeah, it is, and you know what? In the end, it's always about the player like, you know, there's a sliding scale here, Bob, how much stuff your team will put up from, with, from you, depending on how much you're producing for your team. You know, and when he was getting, would you, would he have last year 48 points? um or whatever he had when he had was very productive last season there wasn't as much of this going on this year he's got i think one assist he's a minus player and they've been walking him all year he's not playing very well yeah and this other stuff's going on so everybody wants the good player nobody wants all the drama but they'll take a little drama if it comes with a you know a yeah. 50 point defenseman he's got to turn back into that player bob yeah. that's and that's a, where it starts for him
0: and and for the record i would he makes no sense for edmonton understand that no sense for
1: edmonton uh, made too much money
0: and 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 the degree of drama is not pretty. Like, there's been, there's been some, uh, too he's too much, right? Like, he's, you know, and his, I mean, his whole Twitter account, there, there's even a conspiracy theory that he has another Twitter account that's out there, but it shows you a different time and a different play. And it just, but it is a really interesting because he was emerging to be a pretty productive NHL defenseman and it just went sideways from him. And I mean, this is a guy that got pounded spec. Pounded. Um, I guess the only thing that and I said it on the broadcast the other night, Mark. The only thing that surprised me about the like, given his political views, I was stunned that it was a Russian goaltender that he got into it with. I would have thought that a yeah, Russian and him might have been Phil Saab. I'm just kidding. Just having some fun. Yeah,
1: right. You can't fight with your goalie in the hallway after an No, you can't. No. Just don't you know. say
0: – but, again, none of us saw it. None of us were there. We don't actually know uh, what happened. I, someone's going to give him a chance. I hope he pulls it together. I hope people are forgiving and, and all that kind of stuff. And he's gotta he's gotta be smarter in terms of his level of engagement too. I think you'd agree on that, Mark.
1: Well, the only thing I know about whether it's Tony D'Angelo or any guy who's having problems with his teammates and is having a lot of drama inside the room and his organization's fed up is the parts that we know about and we've learned about is generally about twenty to thirty percent. There's a whole bunch more stuff yes. that's gone on that never made the news that we don't know about I will guarantee you that it's the pushing the shoving fight with a goalie is a tip of the iceberg and the GM says oh uh, this is the tenth thing not the second thing I'm getting had with it. this guy We've we've had it with we've this guy We've had it with this guy Yeah,
0: and and, move on. Hey, Mark. Speaking of stuff we don't know, back in the days of Total Sports, we used to get an email probably about once every two weeks in February, March, from a guy claiming that Chris Pronger was going to request a trade (laughs) out of Edmonton at the end of the season. And I completely ignore. I'm like, oh come on, he just signed a
1: five
0: years. Yeah, well, that guy did know something. So it shows you you learn it. Alright, here's another text that's coming, Mark. And we'll get to the older stuff in a second. Uh, Bob, can you ask Speck how come he can't have fans in the stands like other NHL cities like Arizona and Dallas?
1: Where you been lately, pal? Have you noticed that there isn't a restaurant open yet? <laughs> you know, call Dina Hinshaw and ask her, man. I think we all know the answer. There's no people in it. There's no concerts in the country. There's no anything in the country. Why do you think there'd be a hockey game in the country?
0: Yeah, it's uh, that, that's kind of an interesting one. And just as an FYI, just to provide you a bit of an update in terms of uh, I got a, now I'm going to have a problem scrolling on the fly. Here, but I'm just looking. Texas uh, is currently uh, 38th uh, in the United States. Oh, I didn't do it the right. That's why I needed to do it by that. I'm just looking for by deaths uh, deaths per million. Uh, both Texas and Arizona currently have higher uh, death rates per million than the province of Alberta. So, and, and by the way, spec just in the city of Edmonton alone in the Edmonton health zone. The province has five uh, provincial health zones. Uh, we've gone from over 10,000 active cases to under 2,500 active cases. Since December the fifteenth, so over the last six months. So that bodes well. Good. So I just just thought we'd change it up a bit, Mark, in terms of how mm. we're getting started. Evan Bouchard, when we come back, Stoffer inspector for the horses and Horse Racing, in Alberta. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Everybody, Bob Stoffer. Brendan Escott. It is uh, Stoffer Inspector for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta. Reminding you, our province's horse racing and breeding industry has introduced new safety protocols with thorough vet checks, stricter rules, and tougher penalties, employing Albertans caring for horses. Horse Racing, Alberta. The 7,000 uh, men and women employed in the horse racing industry in our province. All right, Mark Spector, uh, the order is coming off a... Uh, Sort of hot tub time machine night, eight five victory over the <laughs> Ottawa Senators the other night. Um, Stuart, Stuart Skinner got the start, so they got Miko Koskinen a break. The goals were coming in fast and furious in that game, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they were on both sides. Uh, I'm I'm amazed that. And I'm not amazed at the fact that Ottawa's not that good a team. No one thought they would be. But I thought Matt Murray was gonna be better than this. Uh, he is, his game has been uh, very, very poor. And that's you know, I don't care what you're doing in front of this rebuild, um, you know, when you're when the guy that you signed to the multi year deals got an eight forty nine save percentage uh you just you don't have a chance of putting anything together up front they're just too leaky with murray and net and that's going to be a problem there
0: well shout out to george Larocque, uh who knew he was such a good scout because i think he told us six weeks in a row uh in the summer after uh the penguins got eliminated by montreal actually he told us before (laughs) the penguins got eliminated by montreal edmonton should not trade for and sign matt murray uh pierre Pierre Dorian in Ottawa did. Matt Murray signed a four-year extension of $6.25 million. He, along with Thomas Chabot, who is out, and Colin White have the longest contract extensions with the Ottawa Senators. Tonight, Koskinen's back in between the pipes. Skinner goes back to the taxi squad and activated for tonight's game, which means the Oilers actually have just 12 forwards activated, nine uh, defensemen. Activated for tonight's game is Evan Bouchard. Your thoughts?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, Tippett's going to go with 11 uh, forwards and 7 defenses for the first time. And, you know, this is a a confluence of events. The team's playing better. There's a little more confidence. You're playing an opponent that you think you're going to beat. He's setting himself up for a night where... If things go the Oilers' way and they can get a lead and have a couple goals on Ottawa, they can probably get Evan Bouchard out there, what do they say, up and running uh, and get him more ice time. But if it goes sideways and they're in a 1-1 game, uh, they've got six other defensemen to play, and maybe it turns out it's not the night to break in a rookie defenseman. So, uh, you know, when you're 3-6, and six, Bob, it's hard to break in any rookies. It's hard to have any focus on development. Uh, they're both, you know, if they win the night, they're 500. And it's, it's a soft landing spot and a perfect opportunity to get Bouchard into a game here, don't you think? Yeah,
0: I think I might be a little bit more bullish on him than uh, you are, Mark. I think he's got a chance to be really good. Like I, 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 I do, and I saw significant progression watching the Bakersfield games last year. We'll get. Uh, we do have Jay Woodcroft coming up, and he can speak to you know the final twenty-five or twenty-six games of the year, where Bouchard was basically a point per game defenseman and a plus player on a team. Well, that's a
1: year happened. ago, though, I mean he hasn't played a game. Yeah, since and he's in December in Sweden, right? He's and he's. Is that uh, right? Okay. Well, okay, okay, but wait a second. I'm not talking long-term. Let's, let's, it's short-term tonight, this is a kid that hasn't played a hockey game in a really long time. I, I'm surprised so. he did. Well, now he got a little bit nicked up. He was
0: not uh, uh, available for a couple days when the team was in Winnipeg. I'm actually surprised it took the orders this long to get him in. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought he would have played before now, but they yeah. wanted to get, you know, they've got three other right shot defensemen, including Ethan Bear, uh, Tyson Berry. Just on Tyson Berry, I know you wrote a piece about a week and a half ago, uh, commenting on specifically on Berry, Taurus, and Cahoon. I think we've started to, fair to say we've started to
1: see progression with two of those guys. Yeah, and that's why you know, one of the reasons it's one of the reasons why the Orders had a slow start because they were all very poor. And it's one of the reasons why they're turning it around. Tyson Berry a big part of this thing. You know, he's playing better and he's not coming out of the lineup. And all of a sudden, Cahoon's got a couple goals, you know, and, and I mean, you just can't keep playing next to perhaps, you know, maybe the game's best passer, certainly the, the leader in the league in assists in Leon Dreisettle, and have no goals. You know, which will get us to yes, he pull Yarvi soon enough. But when you're Cahoon and you're gifted that spot next to Drysyle, that puck's got to go in, or they're going to find someone else to do it. So it's crucial that he finds a scoring touch next to Drysyle, because frankly, I'm not sure they have a guy to replace him with if he can't find it.
0: Yeah, well, and uh, I mean, it's just, I think uh, Yamamoto, such a good driver on that line. And I mean, obviously, Drysaddle has proven he can center his own line. By the way, Mark, do you know what the uh, five-on-five goals for and against is with Drysaddle on the ice this
1: year? No, what is it? 13-2. to Yeah, even in the antiquated plus-minus stat, I think he's plus 10. Which is
0: second in the league,
1: Mark. Yeah, so you know what? This might be uh, what we talked about, right? Uh, you know what else I noticed is Connor McDavid is up over 50% in his face-offs, uh, which is a sign of maturity and a guy that's going to have the puck more, right? that's, you know, when you win the draws, you get scored on less. Both those guys are, uh, you know, they've come in here with a focus on -on five-on-five play, and uh, over the course of the season, I think we'll see both their numbers improve.
0: 57.7% for Dreisaitl in the circle, 53.2% for McDavid. Uh, Going into the game against Toronto on Saturday night, McDavid was at 58% Corsi, that's all attempted shots, uh, and 60% Fenwick, which is, and this is an. Even strike numbers, uh, that's taken out the shot blocks, uh, which maybe often illustrates a higher actual uh, degree of scoring chances. Actually, the Poliervy McDavid Nugent Hopkins line has outchanced uh, with a grade scoring opportunities the opposition since Poliervy's gone there, uh, but they haven't uh, they haven't been scoring as much. Uh, and both Rnh and and certainly Poliervy would tell you uh, that uh, you know they'd like to get uh, Poliervy. By the way, Mark has not scored on 27 shots on goal. This year, he's got 13 high-danger scoring opportunities that he hasn't completed yet, finished off. Uh, and I know you wanted to hit to that, so let's get on it right now.
1: Well, I mean, I guess the question: uh, How many games has he been on McDavid's line? I believe I believe it's been six now. Going back to the first game in Winnipeg, is that right?
0: Five. Winnipeg for two, Toronto for two, Ottawa for one,
1: Ottawa so for one. And yeah. in that in that time, he's got what five one assist. <laughs> So, you know, I question, you know, he seems to be, he's a better player than he was. There's no question about that. He's not the same player that we watched leave for Finland. He's an improved player. But I don't know how long, I guess my question becomes, how long is it healthy for him to be playing on the first line and not producing? You know, I think when this season started, we talked about a guy that needs to get his feet wet in the NHL and learn how to play here. Uh, he's still, you know, around the net, he seems to know where to be. The rest of the ice, I'm not sure he does. You know, I don't I don't love him in the neutral zone. He doesn't carry the puck. He doesn't have to carry the puck. He needs to give it to McDavid. But it looks to me like... Fifty percent of his passes arrive about hip high. Uh, I'm not loving the player right now, and I think he's he's probably not being well served on the top unit with mcdavid and r n h What do you think why do you think he's there then? Why do you think Are they have no choice? That's why.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Zach Cassian's Zach, Zach Cassian had a, a a slow start. I think he's been pretty good the last few games. Um I, I you know, the question is, will I? Uh, I don't think we're looking at a guy that's going to score thirty-five goals ever in the NHL. But I could be wrong. Let's not forget he's twenty-two. The, the the part of the game for him that's improved the most, frankly, surprised me the most, Mark. The level of engagement, the competitiveness in terms of the puck battles and getting in the occasional strips. He has made some plays where he he set up McDavid the other. Was it the other night or the game against Toronto where McDavid hit? No, it was against Toronto with a strip in the old zone and McDavid hit the post. Um, so, I, you know what, I totally see where you're coming from. I, I agree at some point he's got to put one in the net here. Uh, do I think that if he puts one in, he's going to end up scoring 20 between the out, now and the end of the season? No way, not yet. I Here's what I'd say, Mark. He's 22. I want to see where this player is when he's 25. That to, and and to me, this is going to be the <laughs> ultimate work. In so, do you think he'll be much better than this at twenty five? I guess is the question I have for.
1: Well, him. that's the question, right? And it's a good, it's a fair. question. You know, it's all about development. You know, what's the best way to develop this player? Uh, history tells us that developing young players on the top line with the best player on the team isn't always a good idea. You know, he's, he's in terms of feeling pressure, in terms of, of if, if he, you know, you'd think he'd find some success playing with McDavid, but the opposite can be true, right? When you're going over the boards with Conor McDavid every night and he's giving you, you know, high grade scoring chances and it's never going in. uh, I'm not sure I need that pressure on my 22 year old who's trying to find his way. You know, I think we started this season saying he's going to play next to Touris and he's he's going to learn the game and he's not going to have first-line pressure. And a lot of that's changed because Turis hasn't been very good. Uh, and neither was Cassian. And all of a sudden, there's Ployarvi on the top line. But I think what we're seeing here in the results of the way he's playing, the amount of times the play dies with him, his ability to distribute the puck when he gets it, his scoring touch, which is non-existent, first-line ice, first-line responsibility is too much for this player at this time. He needs less.
0: All right, two texts from a completely different perspective. Here we go. Randy says, out of Brooks, Alberta, Wow, I agree with Speck about Paul Archibald deserves to be playing... On the top line, that one comes for from us from Randy. Another texter out of Evansville says, "I love Specter." Wow, you got two people that love you, Spec. But he's about to make—he's uh, about to make me make a leave Jesse alone video. He's the best option that the team has right now. He's creating offense. So there you go. There's
1: a he's difference. Not creating pre- offense, though—he's not creating offense, right? You the don't other think the guys on the line are creating offense? Paul Yarby's not creating offense. You don't think that his forechecking abilities created some looks once in a while? The odd time, sure. But he is not a creator of offense. He'll strip a puck and give it to someone good play. But I don't see a player who's creating offense on that line. So, you know, this is, there's a cautionary tale here, Bob. And everyone listening to this show should be aware of that. How many times in Edmonton, going back to Sam Gagné, did we say, well, he's the best guy for the job that they have, so play him there, right? Play him as first-line center because we don't have any sentiment on our team. And they have rolled through young superstars in Edmonton for over 10 years, Bob, because, well, let's play him 23 minutes a night because we don't have anyone better. And it hasn't worked. Like, the jury's back. players?
0: Do you know how much he's playing right now, Mark?
1: Uh, how much is he playing?
0: 1341.
1: So, but Here, here's, here's the first look, line, because there's I, no one better to go there. That is I, not a I, developmental I, school.
0: Th- I think you're going to see some rotation in that position. Again, I'm surprised at his level of engagement and competitiveness. And in terms of not scoring, not, I get it. Like, right now, it looks to me like the read and react game isn't there for him to be a consistent top six forward. Can they get him to that point at 25? Time will tell. And maybe... Yeah. And maybe that means that he's not always in the spot where he's at. And my guess is, Mark, he ain't always going to be at the spot where he's at to at least start
1: tonight's game. And I think, sorry,
0: we got to get to break. Yeah, we got to get. We're up against the break. I'll give you some more time coming back at one o five. Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening. And we'll go off to global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad.